Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody, we are so glad that you're able to join with us for this 22nd uh, birthday party. And for those of you who didn't know that you're coming to a 22nd uh, birthday party today, we want to welcome you as well and tell you it's not always exactly like this from uh, week to week. If you're joining us online, again, it's just so good to have you. My first words to you would be this. I am just so grateful, so grateful for you. For those of you who've been here for a day and call Fox River home, for those who've been here for like 22 years, call Fox River home, I am so grateful for the working that God has done personally in you and through you. And that's what makes Fox River, Fox River. Now, as a part of our celebration day, I wanna make sure everybody had a gift. And so, uh, did you get your gift coming in? Everybody get this? It's a rock. Right? I mean, now, this may at first make you feel a little bit like Charlie Brown when he went out trick-or-treating. If you're not familiar with the story, uh, Charlie Brown would go out, and after he and his friends would go up to a home, they would then review what it was that they received from that home. And it went something like this. One of his friends would say, I got a candy bar. Another one, I got a Reese's peanut butter cup. Another, I got a dollar. And Charlie Brown, he got a what? He got a Yeah, so you might be feeling a little bit like that. Now, this could be a sign of just how bold I am. Or it could be a sign of how crazy I am too because how many people do you know that give people rocks before they get up to speak? (laughs) You're beginning to to follow with me there, aren't you? So set that aside. We're going to use these in just a couple of minutes. We are continuing our series. In fact, that stone is going to help you to connect this 22nd celebration with your journey of faith. And our series, The Journey of Faith, is taken from the life and the life story of Abraham. Reason we do this, there's two things that Abraham was known for. The first, Abraham was known as a friend of God. The second one, he was known as the man or a person of faith. And these are the two things that Jesus desires for each and every one of us, that we would be a friend of his, that we would be a person of faith to be able to experience that which comes to us through faith in our lives. So if you haven't a Bible with you, I'm gonna take us back into Abraham's story. We're gonna go to Genesis chapter 12. You might happen to have a Bible on your phone. You can pull that up real quickly to follow along with us. We read as this story begins that the Lord said to Abraham, I want you to go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. Verse four, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. We go down to verse six. Abraham traveled through that land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land and the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So Abraham built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, Abraham went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and he called on the name of the Lord. Then Abraham set out and continued toward the Negev. In this part of Abraham's story, we are able to pick up on two symbols that carry with us and help us to understand in even a greater way Abraham's journey of faith. 
The first of those symbols, it's mentioned, both of them are actually mentioned in verse eight, but the first one was a tent. You see, Abraham is going to spend his entire journey of faith with God in a tent. He's traveling in a land. There are lots of people. There are lots of cities that are there. And quite frankly, he could have built a house. And a house is way more comfortable than living in a tent. He could have built a city. He had the resources, both people and finance, to be able to do that. And a city is way more secure than living out in a tent and just traveling around. But he chose to continue this journeying throughout his life in a tent. And we might kind of wonder a little bit about that or wonder about Abraham and his mental you know, capacity at that point were it not for the words that we get later in the New Testament. In Hebrews chapter 11, which is called the faith chapter, we read this. Now, the first part of the story is in the Old Testament. Old Testament means before Jesus. This part is the Jesus. New Testament is after Jesus. And so, Several, several millennia later, we read this about Abraham. That by faith, Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. And he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with them of the same promise. Okay, we knew that. What we didn't know is this. For Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. We wouldn't know that this is why Abraham was doing what Abraham was doing if we wouldn't have been given this extra insight right there. Abraham factored in that if he continued this forward movement with God, and that's exactly what a journey of faith is. It's our forward movement of one yes to the next as we follow after God in our lives. He realized that he was better off in a tent than he would be in a house. He was better off in his tent than he would be in a city with God and what it is that God was continuing to show him and do in his life than he would have been in that other comfortable situation. So we think about our journey of faith. Sometimes it may seem like we're, we're kind of giving something up as we make this next yes to God, only to realize there is so much more that God has in store for each of us. First symbol was a tent. The second symbol, though, of Abraham's journey of faith is an altar. Now, an altar was um, simply the collection of stones as they were mounded or piled up, and they acted as a memorial. Abraham would build these altars to God as places of worship and as a reminder to him of something that God had done or something that he had learned from God. These cities that are mentioned in there may have just seemed random to you. He went to Shechem, he went to Bethel, he went to the Negev. But actually, these are all gonna become anchor points in Abraham's journey of faith. And he is going to return to them time and time again throughout his lifetime and his journey of faith. And it's these same places, these same anchor points that are gonna become key in Jacob's journey of faith. Jacob, you see, is going to be Abraham's grandson. And his name is going to be changed to Israel. You've heard that um, before, the nation of Israel. And the 
when the nation of Israel comes into the promised land, it's these same places that are going to be anchor points in their journey of faith as well. One of the things that we want to be able to leave with today is to have these anchor points, this beginning place of worship, this foundation that we're continuing to build in our journey of faith and what it is, not just for us, but what God's doing now is going to be something that he is going to use in the generations that follow you, in your legacy after that. Now, before we get to this, I thought because it's our 22nd birthday, maybe we should just um, take a moment and reflect a little bit on what is Fox River's journey of faith, you know, kind of what we've done together as a church that way. Back in 1985, Denise and I came to Waukesha, and there was just a handful of people as we were starting this church called Pilgrim Baptist Church in that day. Fast forward 12 years, we had actually been able to see God's working to go from a handful of people up to several hundred people. And at this point, I'm just gonna interject an insight for us. On your journey of faith, you are going to experience testings. You're going to experience trials or what would be considered disruptions in that journey of faith. It's true for all of us. And as a church, that was true as well. You see, at this time, just as we were coming and you know, Fox River, this vision is birthing in front of us, Pastor Rob had um, led an endeavor to take um, the youth group and go downtown Waukesha and try to do an outreach there. And it was just wonderfully successful. In um, just a few weeks' time, we saw scores of students that were opening their life up to Jesus. They were coming out to the program. They were coming out to church. It was an amazing thing to see. But the testing is going to come just after that. Because just a couple months later, in between the two services we had, I was met by a group of about four couples, parents, that were in the church. And they said, Hey, guy, we believe that God wants you to start two youth groups in our church. And I'm like, two youth groups? Like, you mean like one for high school and one for middle school? They said, no, 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 no. We, we want one youth group for our kids, and we want another youth group for their kids. And I said, well, I'm going to have to pray about that. This may not have been my best leadership moment. I just bowed my head and I popped it back up like that and said, I got an answer from God. No, I said, we are not gonna do two, you know, like that is crazy. And they said, then we're gonna do everything in our power to disrupt what you're doing in the church. And I was kind of like, whoa. And I thought, you know, a little, you know, hot-headed at that point, you know, it was kind of spouting off. I had no idea that Christians would do something like that. Honestly, I was that naive that a Christian or a at least professing Christian would disrupt a student's faith or disrupt a working of God that was going on in church. But they did. And they did it so effectively that we went from about 400 down to about 150 people. So that testing of whether we were going to be an outward-focused church or, an, or just, you know, you know, just kind of look inward again, that was our first trial. But on the heels of that came this one. We had just started building our first building on the site that we are here in Waukesha. 
And we had 150 people and we were building a $3.1 million building. Now you start to do the math and figure out like, that could be a problem. In fact, our elders even asked the question like, do you think that this is the right thing to do? And so we went, you know, we really spent, you know, time together in prayer and we discerned that yes, we really believe that God wanted us to move ahead that way. So we said, all right, yep, God, we are gonna continue to follow you in this, but we are really not sure how this is all gonna work out. So that brought us to Easter of 2000. Now we had changed our name just um, you know, a few months before that. And as we came into the building, our expectations, our prayer was, God, would you please help and bless we began asking if God would allow us to see 300 people come out for Easter. We had like a bold prayer. We were hoping to double on Easter that way. And so um, we had an auditorium that would seat about 325 people. So we knew we had plenty of space. We decided, let's do two services just because it's Easter. And, you know, people like choices on Easter, right? So we did two services, and the first service started. And people came. And then more people came. We didn't recognize the people that were coming and people came. And all of a sudden the, the chairs were all filled up in here and we were, we were setting up more chairs in that room. And then we were setting up chairs out in the foyer and we didn't, we didn't have TVs in the foyer. We didn't have anything like that. There were 500 people that came out to that first service on Easter. Now we knew nobody was coming for the second service and we didn't even care because it's like, we, like, it's already like, this is the most wonderful thing, you know, God, that's happened. And so when the second service came, it was almost a carbon copy. The room filled up and all the chairs that we had put away, we were unputting away and getting back out and there's people out in the foyer again. We had about a thousand people. The stories that I heard that day, I, I'm like, Wow. One guy told me, he said, I was driving by earlier this week and I heard God say to me, you need to go to that church on Sunday or I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I just looked at him and said, I'm really glad you came. <laughs> People were saying like, you know, we haven't been to church in the last 25 years. We were driving by and God said, you need to come to that, you need to come to that church. And I mean, there was just like story after story after story of that. And it was, it was wonderful until about one o'clock in the afternoon when I thought, you know, the only reason we had two services today was because it's Easter. We only got one service next week. And if even half of these people come back next week, we're, gonna, we're not gonna have room for them. So we either have to have two services by next week or we gotta start praying right now that nobody's gonna come back. <laughs> and so by that next week, we had two services in this brand new um, building that we had just built that way. And in 2001, we started a third service. It's a cool thing, right? And in 2002, we had to start a fourth service and we were already in this new building program. The paint had barely dried before we're tearing down walls and starting to build again. And just to see the generosity that was occurring in people's lives, again, like, it was like, wow, how cool is this? And yet, we had no idea what God was going to be doing. You see, just a couple years after that, 2007, God opened up the door for us to partner in Kenya. And you've heard a little bit about that today. In 2010, we began a uh, ministry here called Celebrate Recovery. And it has just 
it's touched hundreds and hundreds of people's lives. And it's allowed other Celebrate Recoveries to, be, to begin in this area. It's a place of hope and help for a person that is in a difficult spot in their life. 2011, that's when we started in Nicaragua. 2012, Waterford was launched. 2013, and um, that's when uh, Muskego uh, started. And shout out to, to you guys there. Um, the stories that connect with these, they just... You know, they could go on and on and on. In 2020, we launched our online campus. We're so glad for everybody that's able to join with this online now, you know, locally, across the state. It's literally across the world that is occurring. When I think about Fox River's story, the greater story of Fox River, it's not the things, it's not those events, as cool as they were, but it's actually the tens of thousands of individuals whom God has helped to find Jesus and to follow Jesus and to work and connect them in their lives. It's as if we have thousands and thousands and thousands of living stones that are all coming together, not just to form a story for God, but it's actually an altar of worship that we are a part of together. It's interesting, the apostle Peter put it this way. He said that each of us are actually a living stone. He said, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In other words, we are all making up this altar here called Fox River for us and for this legacy that's going on. So I thought about, you know, just real quickly, like, what are, what are some of the takeaways, you know, just these 22 years? I think one of my first takeaways is this. 22 years really can go by pretty quickly. And wherever you're at in life right now, just this realization, don't miss the gift of now. Don't miss what God is doing now in your life or what's coming next and later because it moves by pretty quick that way. I realized this. That in 2000, when we began, so many of you, again, thousands and thousands of people that today, in 2022, know Jesus, in 2020, you didn't. In fact, we've got this foundation. I actually stand over Rocks that we have written names on. We've got these in the foyer as well. And many of you wrote names of people that you knew were far from God and that you were praying would be able to find Jesus. And many of you, your names are written underneath where we get to speak every weekend. Your names are written on where we enter together every weekend that way. And that reminded me of this. That, meant, that means in 2022, there are thousands and thousands of people today that don't know Jesus, that in the next 22 years, by the grace of God, they are going to know Jesus. You see, that's the reason that we give and that we pray and that we serve the way that we do. We don't do it just for those of us that are here now. We do it for those who aren't here. We do it for those who are going to be here together. That's the future that we're looking forward to together. One of the big reminders of this to me was 
Remember our team. A lot of times I get credit for things. It's like, I really don't deserve the credit for that. As a church, we've got so much that happens behind the scenes. It's happening right now behind the scenes. But in addition to that, we've always had a, a, this group of leaders that I thank God for. Two in particular have been the entire time. Pastor Rob, who I talked to you before, he's the troublemaker that started, you know, that, all that youth problem um, downtown. And his wife, Lee. And then Dean. Dean, who um, for many, many years led worship here um, and continues just to be behind the scenes as this catalyst for the ongoing working of God. And his, work, and his wife, Penny. So Rob and Lee and Dean and Penny, and of course my wife, Denise, you probably wouldn't know that if I didn't share it, but it's so important, again, that we're just taking that time to realize there's so much you're doing through, through, through and for so many. So I just wanna take a second, if we could, for those that are serving, um, for those that have led, for Dean and Rob, can we just give a word uh, uh, of applause of, I'm not sure that's a word, but just a, that's the team that we have. Now in 2020, somebody, anybody wondering like, why are we doing a 22 year birthday party? Anybody heard of that before? The, like a 22nd anniversary. It's because in 2020, something happened. You may have heard of it. 2020, there was this new trial that came our way, COVID, and it just disrupted so much. I mean, we had this, we had this all planned like years ago. We couldn't meet as a church for two and a half months, and we weren't alone that way. Many of you would remember. Then we went outside for the next four months, and that was pretty cool, the things that we saw God do there. But one of the good things that came from COVID, and there's been a lot of hardship that came, one of the good things is it's helped us to refine our vision for what's ahead. It helps us to really think about what's the most important things to us. We are seeing now this vision for 2025 that is coming up before us, and we really believe it's a God thing, and I'm so looking forward to being able to share that with you as we just continue to open it up in this coming year. The, the good that comes out of the difficulty. I want to make sure I at least have these few moments to help us with our journey of faith today. And so if you happen to have your rock with you, would you just grab it real quickly? One of the things that this helps us to remember is that our journey of faith is marked by these series of yeses. And today we are all where we are because of a yes that came to Jesus. Now, we have pens, markers, on the right side of every aisle, and so if you happen to be on the right side of an aisle, if you could reach down, and if you would just grab that and take one out and then just pass them down there so that everybody has a marker right now, I'm gonna ask you to, on one side of your rock, to write down two dates. The first thing I'm gonna ask you to do is would you write down the year that you received Jesus as your Savior? Maybe you don't remember the year, but you remember the age or about the age it was. So would you with me right now, would you write down what was the year, your age, that you received Jesus? Then underneath that, another important step in your journey of faith. When was the time, what was the year that you chose to follow Jesus as your Lord? 
almost all of us, we've got these two different times in which we said yes to God. The first one, we were forgiven. The second one, we decided like, I want to be a follower of Jesus. So if you'd write those two together on this, then if you turn your rock over, I want you to write the word yes on the other side. Because the journey of faith is the forward movement of one yes to the next. These two, these were huge in your life and there's so much that went on there in between. Now, if you take this home, and I want you to put this in a place that you're gonna see it at least once a week, because we are on a journey of faith right now. And it is dependent upon this next yes for God. Maybe you're gonna put it on your desk, maybe you're gonna put it in your china closet, maybe you're gonna put it in another place that's just you know, your reminder, but it's reminding you that God has a next step for you. You see, 22 years, mostly we've looked back today. We've laughed, we've celebrated, but hear me. The same God that did this in our lives these years ago, the same God that's done all the things that we've talked about 22 years ago is the same God who desires to do more and in the future. Because if God was amazing in the past, he hasn't changed and he will be more amazing for us in the future if we are willing to join with him on that journey. And I think our future is way brighter than what our past is that way. I think no matter what God has done in your life so far, there is more that God wants to do in your life in the future. And that's regardless of whatever your age is. If you're willing to say yes to him in that. Now maybe, you don't have either the first or the second date that you could write on here. You're like, I just haven't ever done that. And if you haven't come to Jesus as your savior, if you haven't asked him yet for what he has accomplished on the cross to be applied in your life, that is the forgiveness that he made possible. If you have not come to him and said, I desire this friendship, this actual relationship with God that only you can do. I pray that today that you will do that. Maybe you've received him as savior, but you've never yet trusted him as Lord. And you're gonna write 2022 on this today. And it will be the beginning of an incredible journey that God has for you. Would you join with me in this prayer? Jesus, thank you for everything that's happened in your church and to you be the glory. For those that are here with us, and today is the day that they are ready to open their heart, their life, and come to you repentant, in need of a savior. With this prayer, Jesus, I believe that your death on the cross is for me. I believe that your resurrection, Lord, that shows that you did everything that's necessary and I am ready to trust you as my savior today. If that's you, online, in the room, but your desire is to receive Jesus Christ as your savior today, I'd like to ask you to boldly lift up a hand and make that declaration. I haven't received Jesus yet. Today, I desire. Yeah, just up and then down, God bless. Amazing, thank you. 
Jesus, you continue your working and we just get to come along for the ride. But the working you do in us, it is life-changing. We pray this for those that are trusting you today. We pray for those that are committing now their life as a follower of yours, Jesus. We pray this in your name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,